Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Team Performance Winning Ways for Uncertain Times podcast. I'm Christian Napier, and I am joined, as always, in the royal purple by Spencer Horn. Spencer, how are you doing? I am so well, Christian. Had a wonderful weekend, Mother's Day, and I am so excited to be with you and our guest today. How, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Also had a relaxing weekend. Uh, of course, with the whole shelter in place and everything, we're not doing anything really outlandish or even taking people to dinner on Mother's Day. I sent my mother a gift card because I couldn't take her to a restaurant. You know, she's one of those who's older woman and, and shouldn't be going out. And and so, yeah, we've just kept it very, very simple. Back to basics, Mother's Day. Well, both my wife and, and my uh, mother her mother and my mother are since gone. And so it was just the two of us. Our kids were all over. And, and so we we enjoyed that, though. We got up with all of them on Zoom, which was wonderful, but uh, very relaxing. So I am so excited to have our guest today. This is a, a person, Amber De La Garza, that I have known for many, many years. And and I'm, I'm excited to tell you a little bit about her because this is someone that I'm uh, personally excited to learn from today. And her focus is on productivity, and I'll tell you just a little bit about her. But personally, as I said, I've known her for many years. And with my previous company, we even were talking to her about doing work with us because of the specialty that that she brings to teams and to individuals and executives about being more productive. And, um, And personally, when I started my own company just a little over five years ago, I don't know if you remember this, Amber, but I did talk to you about, I would you know, just love what you do and how you work with people and how good you are. And we even talked about working together before. That's just how highly I think of, of you and, and the skills you, do you remember that? I do. That was some time ago. We met through our local NSA chapter. That's right. And uh, for those of you who may not know, that's the National Speakers Association. And so Amber is, is certainly sought after all around the country and, and beyond. And, and she's known as the productivity specialist. And she's a sought after coach, trainer, speaker. And she also hosts her, the productivity podcast, which is amazing. There's so much information there for, uh, for experts. And I'm sure she'll tell you a little bit about that later. But and she's also the creator of the STOP, S-T-O-P, Leverage Formula. And she helps business owners really improve their time management and elevate their productivity so that they can maximize profits, of course, and, and and even more importantly, reduce stress and find time for what matters most, which is so difficult for not only entrepreneurs, but but business owners and, and managers. And so that's why I'm so excited to have you today, Amber. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited about this conversation. So, Amber, you know, you have worked with professionals for years and years and years. And you, early in your career, actually worked in the real estate industry for about 15 years. One of the things that you always talk about is working with people that have tremendous talent, yet they don't achieve their goals or they're, they're not able to have the success that they want to have. Would you talk a little bit about that experience? Yeah. So through my uh, career, past career, I actually did coaching for our top sales executives locally here in Las Vegas. I was a coach for the largest real estate firm. And during that time, the seed was actually planted for what it is that I do now, because we had cutting edge training. We were teaching them business strategies. And what had happened was they would come back to each session and they would say, that was so great, but I'm so overwhelmed. 
I'm so busy working uh, in my business. I don't have any time to work on my business. And so I saw incredibly talented people like plateau and not be able to get to that next level because what I you know, with my research on the topic, figured out is that they really were lacking time management and productivity skills. And that it wasn't a lack of resources or coaching or strategy, but yet not having the skill set to execute on those. Well, so that's what we want to talk about is helping really gain some of those those skill sets that that you're talking about to be more productive. And, you know, business owners are overwhelmed so often and I hear them complain a lot to me in in my work with them that they don't have life balance and there's not enough time for for what matters most. And some feel they just have to work harder. In other words, I, I just got to put my you know nose to the grindstone. I just need to I need to grind it out a little bit more. What do you say to that? That is not the way to be most productive at all. You know, um, I think we should start off with how I define productivity. I think that the word productivity is such a buzzword, and probably just about every single person has a different definition. So for us to all get on the same page, um, I'll share my definition, and that is that it's it's investing your best time into your best activities. Now, it's a framework. Your best time is that focused, uh, dedicated time that we all desire to have, right? Like if I, every time I speak, I say, who could use some more focused, distraction-free time to do their best work? And everyone's hands go up, right? So when you have that time, are you investing it in the activities that will propel you towards your goals? And that's the difference between busy and being productive because busy is like just grinding it out, doing all the things, approaching it as if every activity has the same weight or importance and it does not. And so when we get really, really clear, that definition actually allows us to be productive and any goal that we set for ourselves. And we should be because all of our goals are unique to us. Yeah, you know, I've heard that leadership is really about understanding what is important to determine your priorities. And management is is making sure that you're focused on those things that you've determined that are priorities. Yes. I mean, even as a small business owner or management or leadership, I think that one of the hardest things that we are charged to do is to be ruthlessly decisive with what is most important. And but that's truly the key to success, because if you double down and focus yourself and your team on the wrong activities, you're going to look up and be like, why am I not achieving my goals? Like, why are those not the things that I should have been spending my time on? And so it is really, really important to get clear about what those activities are, but also reevaluating them consistently. So looking at are these still the highest value activities, whatever that looks like on a consistent basis and measuring what's working and not working, because you can, you know, think you're doing the right thing and have your head down. But if you're not actually checking the data and, and reflecting back and making tweaks, uh, you could be going down the wrong path. Amber, I've got a question for you. I totally buy into what you're saying that we need to prioritize our activities, that not all, all activities are created equal and that we need to we need to make sure that we can accommodate those high priority activities first. One of the challenges that I face 
is that perhaps some of those high priority activities, I'm not I don't feel like I am as proficient at those activities as I may be with more of the transactional activities. You know, okay, I spend all my time answering email. Well, I do it because I do it 200 times a day. So it's easy for me to answer emails because I can do it fast. Whereas maybe some of the higher priority activities, I put them off, not because I don't know that they're important or not important, but because I have some doubts. I, I'm not exactly sure how to go about accomplishing that particular thing. So how do you overcome that mindset and then unleash your productivity? Oh, that is an amazing question and 100% accurate. You are not the only one that feels that. We don't really have clarity on those activities and how to do them. We have resistance, both like internal resistance to, you know, moving through that activity. As a business owner, okay, so I'm going to give you an example of how I identify your highest value activities for a small business owner. And it actually levels up into all the different levels. You will find your highest value activities in one of four buckets. So the first bucket is marketing and visibility, right? And then the second one is sales. The third one is servicing your clients. And the fourth one, you'll love this, is leadership. Now, what happens when you don't like telling the world about what you do and how you can help them, right? Like, like maybe you're not quite clear. It's not your most comfortable thing. And so you dodge it, you avoid it, and you don't show up for it. My advice always as a business owner is, is that you need to find the way that aligns best with your personality and that you truly, truly enjoy. Or you hire it out and it's your first thing that you hire out. Okay, so here's an example in my business. I hired my assistant uh, seven years ago, and I still remember to this day asking her how um, how good of a writer was she? Because I knew really quick that my business needed someone that could write very well to market me, to get out there, to service my clients. And it was a skill set that I was not as proficient in. And so what I saw was that I separated myself from what the business needed. And the business needed something that I was not the best person to provide. So I needed to outsource that and delegate it. So part having a really clear conversation with yourself about what are you willing to get better at? And at some points, what are you willing to delegate out? Because as the business needs it the most, it can't not just not get done because we're not good at it. You know, that's a, such a great answer. And, and, you know, Amber, one of the things I, I know that you you teach is helping people to maximize the energy, actually leveraging your energy and not your time. So, for example, if you're doing things that are not in alignment with your personality, it's actually draining your energy, making less available for the things that you are good at. Yeah, I'm sorry. So not to speak over you, but I get so excited about this, you know. We are often looking at our mentors or peers or other people in the market saying, oh, that's how they're building their business. They're doing social media or, you know, in real estate, they're cold calling or door knocking or, you know, every industry has their examples. When you start going down the path of doing what everyone else is doing um, and it's not in alignment with you, you will always have that internal mental fight of I don't want to do it. I don't feel like doing it. I'm not good enough at doing it. So what if you ask a different question? 
if the goal of doing the social media or the marketing, I mean, um, the door knocking and cold calling is really to invest in your marketing and visibility bucket, right? The more people that know what you do and how you can help them will grow your business. So now if you ask that question, what is a different, what is a way that I love that can grow my business? Doesn't that feel amazing? Maybe it's having a coffee meeting with somebody every day of the week and building relationships over coffee because you love coffee. Don't you think that if that was on your to-do list, you'd show up for it because you love it and it could have much bigger impact because now you're being consistent with it. So level up the question of how can you get those results and maybe in a different way and stop being blinded by looking at what everyone else is doing um, because there's more than one way to accomplish the same goal. So I have a question for you, Amber. You, I, Spencer, all of us, we have developed and honed our skills and our abilities over a long period of time to fit in a business environment that we know and are familiar with. And now all of that has been upended. We just get this virus coming on. We're all working from home. Some people aren't working. Some people's businesses are shut down. And so, you know, it provides both a challenge and opportunity. I think, you know, the challenge is, holy cow. I mean, everything that I once knew, uh, <laughs> that all of the assumptions are changed. And the opportunity is, well, maybe this is a good time for me to reinvent myself and try to do something a little bit different and maybe do something better that I hadn't considered before. So my, I guess my, my first question then would be, as you are dealing with your current client base, you know, what are the challenges that you see them facing during this COVID-19 pandemic? How are they addressing it? And how are you helping them to overcome the challenges they're facing? Great question. So since this has happened, I have talked to hundreds and hundreds of small business owners and unanimously, they are in a fight for survival of their business. And the first line of defense is your mindset. Because I could literally step into their world and give them the exact strategy to navigate what's going on. And nobody can because nobody has a crystal ball. But if I could and it was laid at their lap, if they're not in the right mindset, they're not even showing up to execute on that strategy. And so the message that I have been sharing and supporting my clients with and teaching on is that first and foremost, that we need to know that we're in a fight and that we're choosing our businesses. And that it's a choice that we make every single freaking day that we wake up and we're in this fight is that we are choosing to show up for our businesses, our communities, our clients. It is really a few choices that each of us business owners had. And I felt like I was a mama bear backed up into a corner as this happened. And I think that many people can kind of resonate with that. And you have that moment where you're like, am I going to freeze and retreat? Or am I going to fight for the business and show up? And many people are reactively, not proactively, just retreating because they don't know what the next right step to do is. And so they're not taking any action. My words would be to just show up, show up and do the next right thing. And then it will get easier and easier as you build that momentum and start getting wins in your business. Great advice. You know, as you 
talk about these things, you know, that mama bear just comes out in you. I see you that, that growl in your eyes and that smile on your face because you're like, really? I mean, come on guys. We're not waiting for someone to save us. The government can't save us. Someone else can't save us. We have to save ourselves. And, 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 and one of the questions that you said is ask the right question. One of the things you said is ask the right questions. You know, if, if I'm not good at this, who can I find that can help me do the door knocking or the marketing? And that's, that's exactly what I've done. I've outsourced my, my marketing. I also have an administrative assistant for the last two years that I have do a lot of, you know, the basics that I just don't like to do. So how do you, some experts are suggesting that we actually hibernate, that we retreat, that we slow down, and you've already answered my question because it seems like for you that that's that's not an option. No, that is not. And that is not an option or a luxury that I believe any small business owner has. I think this is the time to be doubling down on relationships and getting your name out there and, you know, doing those projects that every single person listening has this list. They can fill it in. I wish I had more time for dot, dot, dot. And fill in the blank, update their, you know, CRM, bring on a new project management system, learn a new technology. We've all had this list of, I wish I had more time, dot, dot, dot. And this is the time that if you're not so busy servicing your clients, then what things were on your list for 2020, maybe in Q3 or Q4, that you can bring to the now. For me and my team, we are redoing um, all of our website like every single thing you're talking hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages, blog posts like that would never have come to the surface had we not been in the middle of this. If I was busy, you know, um, running promotions, right? Like in my company, we did put on hold promotions, but I'm still servicing my clients. And so I think it's about shifting and reprioritizing what we're focusing on that makes sense for each of our businesses and industries. Well, so great advice. And, you know, you're, you're, you're practicing what you preach and you're helping people. And so what, give us some examples earlier, you were talking about focusing on right things and not just doing busy work. Can you give us a couple of real life examples, maybe for some companies that, that have larger teams and maybe some of the smaller teams that are out there? Yeah. So I actually um, alluded to the fourth bucket being leadership, right? And then earlier you were talking about being really proficient in 200 emails and just going through the email box. So let's use those two scenarios, okay? There will always be emails in our inbox. And it's really easy to just, you know, feel like we're accomplishing something because we are, you know, sifting through the emails, maybe even cherry picking them. And at the end of the day, we're like, yeah, I worked. But what really got accomplished? Now, the alternative is that you prioritize your high value activities, such as one of them being leadership, which is investing in other people, whether that's relationships or, or um, delegating, you're going to really be spending time with your team. But what we want to do is prioritize that because there's something called Parkinson's law. And Parkinson's law states that tasks expand to the amount of time given. So if we start our day in our inbox and we know that the emails are never going to stop coming in, when is it that we're going to put a hard stop and say, okay, now, now I'm going to invest in leadership. 
if you just get into the practice of flipping it and saying, I'm going to invest in my leadership bucket, which is I'm going to reach out to my team. I'm going to, you know, motivate them. I'm going to train them, whatever that looks like for you, then get into your emails. I guarantee you'll get the same number of emails done that day, right? You need to compress that time and put boundaries around the email processing and prioritize things such as leadership activities. You know, it seems like this Parkinson's law it applies to budgets as well. It seems like the more you make, it, you you fill that budget no matter what you have, right? So we, this, the same principle yes. applies, I imagine. Yeah, you know, money and time have often been compared. And so if you really look at your time as an investment, money, in fact, you can make more of, right? Like you can, you can borrow it, you can make more. Time, there is no more. It is literally our most precious commodity. And so where we're putting our time is an important investment. And when we think about it that way, we're like, oh, is it really most important to answer those e all those emails? Or is it to invest in my team that then goes out and multiplies that time investment in them into all the things that they can accomplish because of good leadership? That's a good investment because you're getting a return on your investment like no other for all the people that you are leading um, in that way. Um, and then just for the cherry on top, while we all love to be responsive to our emails, it's seldom that somebody's jumping in your e email box saying, how can I support you with your goals today? How can I help you grow your business? How can we, how can we do that? They are in your inbox because they want your time, energy, attention. They want you to be somewhere, do something. And that can create a lot of energy drain. And then if you get to the leadership activities, are you in the right energy state to show up like you want to for your team? So that's another reason why it's really important to prioritize not just time, but where our energy goes. Uh, all of us have some kind of internal definition of productivity. It doesn't mean the same thing to everybody. And you have your definition and I might have my definition. And as you were talking about the technologies there, uh, a little bit earlier, it made me think that perhaps according to the definition that these things, which are often called productivity tools are mislabeled, right? Like um, what they, what they do is they try to make things a bit more efficient. Maybe they can make a process more efficient, but, but it's not actually productivity in the way that you're talking about productivity, right? I might be able to get through my, my email inbox faster and increase my efficiency, without necessarily being more productive. Yes, 100%. In fact, I, I have a toolbox on my website and in it are all the tools that I run my business and many of them are called productivity tools that make me cringe. So I actually have a paragraph at the top of the page that says there's no app for that. There's no app that's going to make you more productive, but here's my toolbox of things that save us time and make us more efficient. Pretty much as if you could have written that for me because you were so right on. There is no app that's going to have you show up and do your highest value activity. Now, what these apps and programs can do is create efficiency to reclaim time, but you ultimately have the choice. Where are you going to put that reclaimed time? Is it into Netflix and scrolling social media, or is it going to be into your highest value activities? And only you can make that decision. Um, and so, yes, there's, they play a very much um, 
needed support role, but they are not the productivity answer. Um, in fact, I when I first started in um, my company, I would you know tell people I was a productivity coach or specialist, and they would they would be immediately into well, what app do you use? And at first, right, because I was newer, I'm like, of course, I should have an answer to that. And so I'd give them this or that app, and it never felt right. And as I came into my own and had much more experience, I literally look at them and say, you're asking the wrong question. <laughs> what, you know, that is, you're, it's not as simple as saying, oh, the next app is going to fix my time management and productivity issues. <laughs> Oh, well, I could probably go on that tangent for days because I feel we actually become less productive because we spend a lot of time searching around for that perfect tool that's going to help us become more productive. And then we spend a huge amount of time trying to skill ourselves up on that tool. And then we realize that now that we're proficient of the tool, oh, maybe it helped me in this particular area, but I don't necessarily feel more productive. Yeah, I have a couple good tips around that. You know, it's like the shiny object syndrome. As soon as you find out that someone else is using a different program or you hear about something else, you're ready to jump ship. But there is a huge time investment into doing so. And generally, if you're using a um, program or an app that let's just say it's the top five in the marketplace, right? What happens is as users is we use it the same way we always used it. And we don't, we just hit delete on those emails. We're not listening to updates. And then a new program gets our attention and we see all the bells and whistles. What I would encourage you to do is when you feel that temptation, go back to the program you currently use and ask yourself, do you know all the features they've added since you started using it? Have you really invested time to learn it fully? I just had this conversation with a client of mine this morning. She was telling me that she's going to go take this class to learn this new um, CRM program. And it was going to be for the next three Thursdays. And she is excited that she's made this commitment. And I said, please hold on. Let's make sure. Again, I feel like the, the theme of this is ask the right questions. I don't know how we got on that. But I was like, is that the right question? What would happen if you spent you know, one hour for the next three Thursdays learning the current program you have, do you think you would use it more consistently and all its features? And it was a resounding yes. So my advice is stick with what you have when you can and make sure you're using all its features because it's going to be um, less of a time investment than jumping ship and starting all over and learning something new. What about the results? As you've gone through and you've worked with your clients what are they seeing? How are they viewing the changes in their productivity? How have they increased the value of their business? How have they stopped plateauing and started rising once again? Yeah. So I think we're still honestly in the messy middle. I think hope, Hopefully we are towards the end of it, but we don't really know what all of the rippling effects from the economy are going to be. What I know that my clients have been doubling down on is the relationships and showing up and serving the clients they do have. I think that they are definitely focusing on what they can do during this time because their days don't look anywhere near the same. I mean, as you may know, that we are wearing more hats than ever, 
I have clients that are now homeschooling their children and you have spouses at home working with you. And all of a sudden you went from an environment where you've learned to do your best work, wherever that be, and you've been plunked right back into your home with all your loved ones, uh, with more responsibilities than ever and trying to navigate what is the new norm. And so for that, my clients have had to ruthlessly decide what are the few things that are going to get their attention to keep the ball moving and growing on their business. And it's been a great lesson because when we have less time, we stop telling ourselves, oh, no worries. I have time for that and time for that and not prioritize. The shrinkage of time is actually making them really focus on the things that absolutely have to happen because they're trying to do that within a couple hours each day instead of working an eight or nine hour day. And so really just to to answer your question is redefining what their most productive day looks like for them during all the changes that have been experienced with changing their work environment and how they get their work done. Well, you have given us, Amber, some great suggestions and great help to increase our productivity. It's it's harder today because when we are at home, there's even more distractions. And so this information is even more germane and, and valuable. As we close out, any last advice or suggestions that, you know, you've, you've spent years studying productivity techniques and you've learned from some of the best, and you've also created some of your own strategies. Anything that, that you would share that, that, um, that you have found has had the most impact on you and the people that you work with? Yeah. So while I teach very specific strategies, like in trainings, the one advice I can give here and now that I think they can take and, and really apply is stop listening to what everyone else is telling you, you should be doing to be most productive. Um, and I want to wrap it up in an example that you gave when I earlier, when I, came from working at corporate and I worked from home, I thought to myself, surely I'm going to be so productive. Because when I worked in corporate, I did what every good manager has. I had my door open and the cubicles were out there and there was the hustle and the bustle and people walked in and somehow I was able to get good work there done. And I thought, when I come home, I'm going to nail this. That did not happen. Okay. What happened was, is I'd look at the bird out the window and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, are we kidding here? The mailman would go by, it'd be the little noises. And I felt more distracted in the quietness of my office than corporate. And so again, this was about eight years ago. And so what I did was I'd pick it up and I'd go work from a coffee shop. And I worked from a coffee shop that had a line going out the door and um, blending machines going, and I could literally get in my zone of focus. That was absurd back then, right? Like that was absurd. That's not how it was supposed to be, except for I leaned into listening to what I felt that I needed. Fast forward eight years, you can download an app that imitates a cafe noise as white noise so you can get in your zone of doing your best work. So the tip is do what works for you to do your best work and show up your best. And stop thinking that it has to look like what people are telling you it should look like. And when you give yourself that type of permission to experiment, I think that we could really create our best environments to do our best because we all, that's all we all want to do is our best. Such great advice. You know, I, I want to just share that I know Amber practices what she preaches. And we have been talking uh, for a couple of weeks about getting with you. And when we asked you, it's like, no, can't, can't do it. My schedule's full. Whether, you know, you have, every line item full. I know you make time for yourself. 
but we we missed a window with you and we had to wait for like two weeks and and that's just a testament to how in demand you are i just i just want to congratulate you for just the great work that you're doing and uh and christian i i, I hand it over to you to to bring us home okay thank i'll bring so us much, home uh, amber thank you so much for carving time out of your super busy schedule if people want to learn more about your step method, the work that you're doing with your clients now, how they could potentially benefit from the services and the knowledge and, and the expertise that you provide, how might they best uh, reach out and contact you? Yeah, so you can find everything over at theproductivityspecialist.com. Uh, you'll be able to see everything there that I offer. But I'd also recommend that if you're listening to podcasts, you probably like podcasts here. So I also have a podcast called Productivity Straight Talk. And so if you liked what you heard here, I speak exclusively about everything to do with um, productivity and time management and growing your business over at Productivity Straight Talk. Definitely going to check those both those out. Check out the, the website and the podcast. I'm really looking forward. You've piqued my interest. I'm looking forward to learning a lot more from you. Spencer, if people want to get in touch with you and learn more about what you're doing, how might they best do that? Thank you, Christian. They can go to Altium Leadership. That's A-L-T-I-U-M leadership.com or email me at spencer at altiumleadership.com. And people can find me at gp4.com. That's gpfour.com. Or you can email me at cnapier at gp4.com. Listeners, thank you so much. Please like and subscribe to our podcast. And Amber, once again, thank you so much for coming on. It was my pleasure. Thank you, guys.